welcome to this week's Red Robin podcast, which is powered by 360 Chartered Accountants and Budget Ties Auto Centre. Although the amount of painkillers I've had this week, it could be quite easily sponsored by Boots. Um, I'm Chris Johnson, and this week I'm delighted to be joined by Carl Smith, James Perlin and Craig Eskeret, some podcast, podcast regulars. And Rovers are back, to, back in business on Sunday's 43 points to 16 thumping of Salford was certainly a welcome return to winning ways. Up next, though, are the reigning Super League champions. And to help us preview our trip down the M62 on Sunday is Kev Pender from the St. Helens fan website, redv.net. Before we get into Rovers, it's great to have you on. Did you anyone catch the uh, State of Origin game on, on Wednesday? Yeah, I watched it on uh, on delay when I got in from work last night. and It, it, it was just a different level, just totally yeah. different level. Do you reckon any of them players might get in Rovers' team, James? I don't know, they might struggle, might struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a great excuse as well. I managed to put on the clip of uh, Mark Broadhurst Mark Broadhurst knocking out. Um, yes. well, quite, oh, was it the was it the hooker for Queensland? Sean, Shane Bernardin. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, classic clip, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. one that'll never grow old. But of course, Rovers beat Queensland. Was it eight points to six back in '83? It was, yeah. 86. Yeah, yeah. Back Do you know what surprised me? Yeah, what surprised me about that game is there was only just over six thousand people there. Which yeah. is a bit of a surprise, but yeah, what a fantastic result that was! And uh, obviously, with the state of origin back, um, it is a fantastic occasion in Carl. It's it's something that um, it's a, it's a great spectacle, isn't it, for rugby league? No, without without a doubt, it's probably barring the barring the derby games in Hull, it's probably the biggest fixture I look for. To be honest, I know it's I know it's the other side of the world, but the actual level in golfing class between their competition and our competition is, you know. It's massive, isn't it? And the tempo, the atmosphere, the numbers, the figures, the quality of player, everything is uh, is just top drawing. It's a, it's an absolute joy to watch every year, isn't it? Yeah, and you can probably see why the uh, the Aussies don't get so excited about World Cups, etc. When you've got State of Origin, which they obviously they put so much emphasis on. Uh, apologies to anyone who changed their plans last week to to come and watch the the podcast. I'm sure there was hundreds of you. Um, obviously, we had to cancel it at the last minute. Um, I've got goldstones, so I'm in, I'm in a lot of pain at the moment, hence why uh, um, if I do say anything um, controversial or wrong tonight, it's, it's blame it on the Cocoa all don't blame it on, on me. Uh, unless it's something you agree with, and then, of course, it was all me. <laughs> Nothing to do with drugs. How old are you, Chris? You know what? Well, do you know what, mate? How old are you? <laughs> I, I, I thought the same thing. When, when the doctor told me that, I thought, bloody hell, time really is catching up with me now. <laughs> <laughs> But on Sunday, the Robins returned to winning wage with Tony Smith's men running in seven tries during an emphatic afternoon of attacking rugby at a wet and windy Craven Park. Lachlan Cook, Ben Crooks and Ryan Hall all bagged a brace of scores, whilst Ethan Ryan scored his 98th career try. Cook also knocked over all seven conversions with a first half drop goal, taking his matchday points tally to 23 points. And it was a game which saw the Robins in almost total control, with the Red Devils having no answer to the rook speed of Matty Parcell, and the smart play by some of Rovers' most experienced players. Craig, I'll come to you first. Um, after a wretched run of form, it was good to get back to winning ways, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, it was a massive game. Uh, I, I thought it was a must-win. Uh, with us again having Saints next week, but losing three, was it three on the trot? Um, we, we had to get back to winning ways. You know, the, the players, coaching staff was coming out saying, you know, we've got players who are fatigued. You know, I was thinking I, I really do hope this this week off them the world of good, um, and it proved to be the case. You know, I, I thought there was thought it was a bit nervy at the start, especially when Kinsia broke down the field. But um, after that, I think you know we actually just controlled the game, uh, dominated from from about the ten minutes in to the end. Yeah, and James, obviously Rovers came into the game on the back of a, an enforced break. Um, obviously, would have much rather seen them play in the Challenge Cup final, uh, but C.L.V. that didn't happen, did it? Uh, but Rovers certainly looked refreshed and, and rejuvenated after the break. And I think a number of players actually took time to, to go abroad, didn't they? I, I saw pictures on Instagram of, I think, uh, Kenny Dow was in Mallorca and I saw, uh, well, Corbin Sims in Portugal. He didn't play. He's, he's had another holiday anyway last week. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we certainly looked refreshed, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. And I think, yes, as, as Craig said, I think the, the break did them. It's just did them the world of good. It just looked so much uh, 
so much fresher and just you know keen to get going. And I thought you know getting going twelve nil up fairly early, I thought was was a good way to sort of settle it and actually showed actually yeah we can we can sort of we should be able to score against these lot. Um, and I think across the park it just looks you know they just look, they just look great, look energized, enthused. And I thought it was great that you know well interesting that a couple of the, few of the players who were out of contract like Crooks, Hadley, and I thought that's it. I had quite a good game as well. Just you know, they actually yeah, probably had the best games of the season. Yeah, we'll come on to Vette in a, a little bit. Um, yeah. Carl, the returning Mikey Lewis, uh, maybe back a little bit earlier than some people might have thought, but he definitely added some star quality to the side, didn't he? Yeah, he's he, for such a young guy, he uses quite a lot of class, doesn't he? I mean, you know, you get you get them people like him where they just literally play what they're seeing. With Mikey, most of the time it comes off, doesn't it? And that's it's a great, it's great to have him back, and he's a joy to watch. Yeah, one player who definitely stood out, Craig, was uh, Lachlan Coo. Obviously, an impressive points haul, but just the way that he controlled the side and and the way that he um, he came into attack. And to be fair, we didn't see that much of him doing that much defensive work, but we didn't need to, did we? Because we had Salford under under control for pretty much all the game. Yeah, um, I think just going on the defensive side, I, I, I'd like to know how many sets they had on in our uh, 20, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, cutting attack, I think it helps, like Carl said, having um, Mikey Lewis back. Uh, again, it kind of it opened up the options for him to go find the space, uh, come up with different ideas in attack, because they had Mike Lewis on the right, they had Mills left. You know, it He's just a joy to watch, and he, you know, that's why you pay him the, the big bucks. You know, he can create something out of nothing. Like that, I had the first try, the kick up, and the way he just caught it, jumped over uh, Kensio. It just, he just oozes class. Yeah, and there was a period, wasn't there, in that first 20 minutes, James, where um, although Rovers got on the scoreboard, went 12 0 up after 15 minutes in that first 20. I think we kept Salford out near our, on our try line after a, a few repeat sets. and what I noticed during the game is there was a bit more of a steeliness about the Rovers' side. We, we, we seem to be able to to contain Salford, and we, we seem to be a lot, a lot more infused in defence, not just attacking. Yeah, I t- totally agree. The, the line speed seems to be a lot quicker than it has been in previous games, and just like I said, they just did, just didn't give um, Salford any room to uh, room to manoeuvre and sort of. You know, we know what Ken Seo is like. You know, you give him half a chance, and it can be you know it can it can be away, but they just didn't you know. Bottled them all up so so effectively that they just couldn't use that use him out wide and you know also you know people like Sneed as well just just you know contained him as well just what didn't allow him to put any uh, any dangerous kicks in. No, and Kyle, it could have been maybe a bit of a different set to the game, couldn't it? Because if Salford had gone in and probably scored on the tr- one of the best tries you'll ever see from their own from their own trial line, uh, you know it might have been a different start. But again, Rovers defence. Edged them out, didn't it? Pushed Salford into touch, and, and Rovers didn't really look back from there. I mean, there was no Andy Ackers for Salford. Um, he's, a, he, I think, he was a massive miss for them. I think he's one of their top tacklers. Uh, obviously, Hooker, he's such an influential player, but Rovers seemed to, to contain them um, anyway. Rovers lined up like this: we had Lachlan Cook at fullback, Ethan Ryan and Ben Crooks out on the uh, wide right, Sean K. Dowell and Ryan Hall out left, uh, Mikey Lewis and Ryan Milnes in the halves, Stoughton and King were the starting props. Uh, with Matty Parcell at hooker. And then the second rows were Johnson, Holson and Hadley. And then we lined up like this on the bench with Vette, Litton, Minchella and Kynost. Um Probably the way the game went, James, we looked to go for a, a speedy game, didn't we? And that was probably reflected by the bench. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I was surprised Litton didn't come on until later on. But mm. it didn't really need to need to be on, and also kind horse. Thought you know maybe kind horse would have been in the centres, but but to be fair to Crooks, I thought you know he, did, he had he like I said he had his best game all of, of the season um, to, on on Sunday. Yeah, and Tony Smith in his his pre-match conference with St Helens, he was asked about um, some of the plays, the interchanges, etc., and he said he actually because of the amount of stoppages and the way the game was going, he didn't actually need to bring the interchanges on. Because the, the the fitness of the players was 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 going okay, so uh, maybe that probably that probably tells you a lot about how the game went for the Robins. But Craig, one player I was really impressed with, and you know he's been um, a, a bit of a stalwart at the club. He's been around, he's been there for a number of years now. Is Ben Crooks? Um, 
You know, the cynical side of you would say, well, is he coming to the end of his contract and he's looking to put a big performance in? And um, But I thought not only did Ben Crooks turn up in attack, obviously he got his two tries, but his defensive work, he looked really solid out on the right. Um, and, and a number of times he, um, he, he, he came out from... Uh, from the line and he wrapped up his man. But Ben Crooks, he was someone who impressed me on Sunday. Yeah, just like James said, you know, I actually thought it was his best performance of the season. You know, sometimes, you know, with Crooks, he, you know, he's passionate, he loves the club and he gives it 100%. Sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. And yeah, Sunday, everything seems to come off for him. Scored some, a couple of good tries. You know, defensively, it, it, was, it was a lot better. Um, so yeah, he's it's going to be interesting now he goes over the next uh, month for me. Yeah, and there was a few people obviously calling for, for Jimmy Kynos to come into onto that right edge, going to centre and partner Ethan Ryan. Um, but it looks like Cal, doesn't it, that Tony Smith favours that Ben Crooks Ethan Ryan partnership, and you know for me at the moment it looks like it's here to stay. Although Sam Woods is nearing a return, and it looks like he might be in the fold for. St. Helens on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the Paul put a good performance in on that right hand side. So what? So why change it? And it's up to uh, it's up to the likes of Wood to get back into the side, isn't it? So I think you stick with what you've what you've done well the previous week, and you know you build on that, don't you? Yeah. Huge thank you to everyone who's watching on YouTube and Facebook. Please keep your comments coming, and and we'll try and get through them all. Um, Finley Clark, he's put um, Coop really stood out for me, very organised and composed. He was very impressed. Joe Palmer, he's put uh, all the key men played well. So good to have Lewis back in the side. Coop, obviously, man of the match, but strong. Kenny Dow was superb. We'll come on to him and his new one year contract very soon. And Stuart <coughs> Wilson, that's a good point. Uh, it seems that if we score early and go two scores ahead, then we generally go on to win. We seem to struggle and lose if we get two scores against us early doors. And I suppose that is a problem, isn't it, James, that we still look very much of a, a confident side that if we get off to a good start, you know, we seem to be able to control the game. But if the game goes the other way in that opening 10 minutes, we still seem, that still seems to be a bit of our Achilles heel, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I think you look back to the games where we have won sort of fairly convincingly, you know, obviously Sunday and then the Warrington game where we've all, we also got off to sort of pretty decent starts. It, you know, it, it does. And I think... Perhaps if there's a feeling that if you do go, go behind early, they probably perhaps they've been losing a bit of confidence. So I think obviously with the last few games, they probably thought, you know, actually, yeah, we've gone, gone behind. And it puts them more into the shell. So they don't sort of try and play the way out of it. They sort of try and sort of grind the way out of it. But then the other teams have been up against have sort of latched onto that and prevented it. But I think, you know, it's right, you know, if we get make a fast start and I think you know, that's that's the key thing you make a fast start and we do, we do feel as though we can hold on to it now yeah and can I just add on to that do, do you think one. sorry do you think we've actually got a plan B when we go behind I don't I think we keep doing what we do when we just try yeah, to keep yeah. doing it and I think what I think the Huddersfield game Challenge Cup semi-finals showed that that pretty much if if plan plan A don't work, it's it's pretty much mm. a lot of head scratching, looking round, looking for something yeah. to happen. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That never thought of it like that. Yeah, it's been it's it's been the same for a number of seasons, though, hasn't it? We've, yeah. we've never had that big bench to change a game, have we? In set in yeah. terms of size, so yeah, I think I think that's just the way Rovers play, and it's it's like it'll lump it. Yeah, and there's no doubt is the um, you know the two yellow cards for. Salford in the in the second half really really helped the Robins. Although I would say it was in pretty much total control. But what I was really impressed with, I suppose not impressed, but what I was pleased with is when the game got a little bit tough, it started getting a little bit niggly. I think Salford tried to start trying to maybe dominate a little bit in the forwards. I think we saw Mikey Lewis. He started to lose his rag a little bit, but Rovers dug in and they didn't take his backward step. I think that led to Tyler Dupree. I think he got a yellow card for was it coming together with Elliot Minchella and and maybe seasons gone by would have seen Rovers maybe wilt a little bit or you'd have seen maybe one of the players trying to knock somebody's head off or something like that. Mm. But I thought we stood up to him really well, but it was controlled. Um I think Craig George King, he seemed to really take the fight to Salford, didn't he? But he did it in a in a professional manner and it and it was almost to say, Look, 
yeah, we, we can mix it with you, but we don't need to get drawn into any silly stuff. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, it's another great performance from George King. Yeah, I think we're seeing it every single week, even though you can you can see sometimes he's looking tired. He, he's, again, he's another player who's given 100%. And I think you're right. I think I said something after the game, actually, on a similar hands. Like, when Salford started to try and give it to us, we didn't take a backward step. We, we gave it back, but controlled. But mm. I... It was interesting and fair play to Sonny Smith. I don't know if he took Vetti off at the time because he was getting heated, but there was a point where Vetti was getting pushed and Vetti like shoved someone back and then the next thing you see him getting hauled off. Um, I don't know if that's from what he's done in the in the past, like going back to the Leeds game, but um no, I, th- I thought Rovers stood up to it and I think mm-hmm. the fans responded well, you know, it got the crowd going and I think the players fed off that as well. Yeah, totally agree. And I don't know about you, James. But I did start to get worried a little bit about Mikey Lewis because his head seemed to go a little bit. And I yeah, he's a fiery character, isn't he? Yeah, it, it did. And so I noticed also that he got he got sort of whipped off as well, sort of fairly quickly as well before it started to get heated. But I said, just agree with the guys that the, the way they <coughs> solved with them trying to sort of niggle it around a bit. Yeah, I think it's probably testament to the work, the intensity of Rovers' defence. That they were probably getting getting a bit frustrated, probably getting a bit frustrated with some of the refereeing decisions, and that you know that that's Rovers' intensity just we're just stopping them in the tracks. And but, you know, I commented afterwards, it's a typical Paul Rowley team. You know, if they don't, mm-hmm. his teams are the if it's not going their way, they try and get a bit niggly and a bit, you know, start trying to mix it up and drive, you know, trying to uh, get a response. And yeah, the, I think there's Rovers just. Handled it perfectly. They just went back in with really controlled, strong aggression and just showed Salford they weren't going to be intimidated. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And um, we're going to talk about Albert Vetter a little bit shortly, but one player who, I don't know, this might be a bit controversial, it might be the uh, the painkillers talking, uh, Elliot Minchella. I've not been that particularly impressed with him over the last few weeks. Um, and again, on Sunday... You know, we saw Hadley line up at 13. Um, we saw Hadley, you know, he, he played the ball quite a lot. You know, he saw him with ball in hand quite a lot on, on Sunday. But Elliot Minchella, he came back into the side at the start of the season after a horrendous injury. He uh, hit the ground running. But of these last few weeks, maybe four or five games, I don't know about you, Carl. He's not a player who's impressed me greatly. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from because I was sort of uh, watching on Sunday and I actually thought the same thing. Uh, it might be a total coincidence, but since he's signed that, that deal, mm-hmm. it seems to uh took a little bit of intensity out of his game. Now, like I say, that could be a coincidence, but I know exactly where you're coming from in terms of uh, Minchell's performance. What do you reckon, James? No, I, I agree. I agree. It's something that we were talking about at the game on Sunday that... You know, when he came back, he was like a he was like a man possessed. You know, he was just playing out of his skin, and he just seemed to have sort of gone into his shell a lot more in, in the last sort of few games, and not being able to Im- impose himself on on the games like he was doing before. And I thought it was interesting that he was he started off on the bench, and Hadley was was starting. And I thought, you know, Hadley had a, you know put in a great shift. You know, mm. Hadley, you know, he just didn't Hadley didn't stop, and I think that's the Hadley that we've. You know, really wanted to see, and he didn't. In a great thing, he didn't get injured. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, I totally get it about Minchella. Um, you know, is it? You know, as, as Carl says, is it because you know, since he signed that contract, he's probably thinking, well, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm okay now. Um, but hopefully, having that in depth, depth of squad now and getting players back, that's going to sort of perhaps give him a kick at the backside he needs. Yeah, and that and I think that's an important thing around squad depth, isn't it? It adds that competition and, and years gone by, you know, regardless of how well you played, you know, just because of the sheer amount of bodies that we had, you'd, you'd be playing regardless of your form. And, um, you know, it's it's just an really interesting one with Elliot. And, and, and maybe it is because he's put so much back into his, his return and, and coming coming back after such a bad injury. And, and like we said, he did hit the ground running at the start of the season. Maybe he's hit, bit of, hit, hit a bit of a lull. Um, but he's still a fantastic option, isn't he? And, and oh, yeah. what you say, it's a, it's a straight shootout between him and Hadley now, isn't it, for that number mm-hmm. 13 um, spot? Because Hadley, you know, what, what amazes me about Hadley is, is there's no doubt he's a fantastic player, absolute professional. It's getting him out on the pitch long enough and then when he does play, actually keeping him on the pitch long enough. And, and 
He's someone who's got a horrendous injury record. Um, but when you do see a, a full, you know, performance out of him, you know, he can easily be one of the best players on the pitch. So we'll see what happens with them on Sunday against St. Helens. One player we've already mentioned um, is Albert Vette. Um, many people think he should be shipped off. He's obviously out of contract at the end of the season. A lot of people, probably quite rightly, don't think we've seen any value from him whatsoever. Um, although I think on Sunday, you know, to be fair, I think he, he did show up. Um, he was on the pitch for 28 minutes. He made 15 tackles, three marker tackles, two tackle busts, 11 carries. He made 91 metres. Um, he did have an eight-metre average gain. Although, to be fair with him, I do think he uh, he made one uh, one underneath from a, a Salford kick, and I think he ran about 35 metres in that one one because the Salford defence was so shit at getting up to him. Um, but to be fair to him, the other props, they, they went George King, 14 tackles, two metre tackles, two tackle bus, 12 carries, 91 metres. Uh, Matty Stoughton, 18 tackles, three marker tackles, three tackle busts. 11 carries, 71 metres. Um, George King and Matty Stoughton were on the pitch a hell of a lot longer than what Albert Vette was. So I think it's a decent return from Albert Vette. Although the slight caveat to Albert Vette's performance is the two uh, errors that he made, um, unforced errors, which seems to be a part of his game. But James, what, what are your views on Albert Vette? And do, do you think he's worth maybe um, a contract extension and, and keeping all of him for next season? Uh, personally, I do. Yeah, I think you know, saying as coming out the ground on um, on Sunday, you know, he, he certainly had an impact, and I think certainly there is a player in there. Obviously, the downside is does he have get enough minutes on the pitch, either through injuries or being banned? Um, and we were joking that when he, when he came on, uh, the referee would be getting his yellow cards warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> so thought he didn't come to that, but no, nah, I'd, I'd give him another. I'd give him another go. Um, Obviously, it depends how much they're prepared to pay him. Whether he's on, obviously, don't know, you know how much he's on at the moment. But if they're sort of saying, "Actually, yeah, we'll give you another contract, but it's going to be this, and it might be lower than he is at the moment," then they're leaving it in his in his 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 you know hand to sort of make a decision on it, uh, and recognizing that actually, yeah, it might not be first choice you know next season, and he's yeah. just going to got to sort of knuckle down and sort of you know prove he's he's worth it. Yeah, and the, the one thing, I mean, Albert Vetter, he's, he's got his family over here, he's got his kids in school, he's got, you know, he's he's not he's not here for a quick book to, you know, take the money in one kind of thing. You'd imagine if you're going to commit your family coming over, young children, etc., you're in for the long haul. So, um, you know, he's got that in his favour. But, Carl, I mean, I saw a lot of people questioning, well, why is he only doing 28 minutes? But a player like Albert Vetter, you're not going to, you know, 28 minutes is probably... The maximum you're going to get out of that, you're not going to really see him doing longer spells than that. No, I think you're right. I mean, I, I don't have the stats on his minutes per game that he's played this season, but I'd imagine his last Sunday's game would have been one of his his higher minutes played this mm-hmm. year. Uh, going back to what James says regarding his, for me, for, his, for me for his contract, he's one of those who's playing for a contract, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think he's, you know. He's definitely going, he's definitely staying. So he's got a few games between now and the end of the season to try and show the fans, the club, the future coach. The coaches all, you know, may stay. He's, he's got a lot of proving to do, but I think someday he did improve, you know, con- considering what we've normally seen from him. So I think I think the ball's in his court and it's up to him to play for a contract. Yeah, and the challenge now is, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Albert Vette, you know, he was okay on Sunday. He was he was probably better than average, but he won he won he won uh, you know, he won't blowing people away. But the challenge for Albert Vette is now to follow that up against St. Helens, isn't it? And to get a run of games together, to to get him out three, four, five games in a row, getting these big minutes, because obviously, you know, he looks a little he looks fitter, he looks a little bit leaner, but obviously he's such a powerful player and um you know, I suppose the one thing is, though, Craig, you can't escape the uh, them errors that he does make, them offloads where he doesn't need to make them and, and you know, popping the ball up when nobody's around him kind of thing. Um, yeah, Craig, Rovers fans for a long time have been calling out for a forward who does pop the ball up, who does do these offloads. So I suppose you can't have it both ways, can you? No. Um, I think you, you, you put out a question on uh, social media uh, maybe a month back about which players would you keep? 
I, I'm still 50-50 on him. I think Carl's right. I, I think he's one that's still playing to, to get a contract. Mm. Um, I thought he did okay on Sunday. He was a lot better than he has been. But again, with them offloads, sometimes I think, is it the other players around him that are unaware of that? You know, should, should they be doing better supporting him a bit more? Uh, whether they're telling him to keep all the ball or be ready for the offload. Um, but yeah, I, I think Fetty, when he comes on, it's like on Sunday, to be honest, I was waiting for him to make the error. Mm. He, he has got a couple of errors every single game. Um, I don't think Salford were quick around the rook. So did that make him look better defensively? Again, it's going to be different on on Sunday against Saints. Um, but like for me, I, there's something I, I do want him to to kind of show up and show what he's made of. I'm still hoping that you know he, he come he pulls through. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm fifty fifty on him. Yeah, and Sam uh, says too little, too late for me. He shouldn't be showing up now just because he wants a contract. He should play well anyway. Um, one of our favourite players, one of features on every podcast almost, Corbin Sims. Omitted from the squad, um, supposedly fully fit. Um, obviously, you know, Tony Smith picks a squad based on the game and the style of rugby he wants to play. And he chose not to go with the extra prop on the bench, which is obviously, you know, the way he seems the game going. But, James, you'd be very surprised, I suppose, if you saw Corbin Sims around at the Robins next season. Yeah, I'm just not expecting him to be here next year. Um I think I think you know to be fair to him, he's obviously been away from his family for for a couple of years, and I think that's probably you know probably played on him as well. You know, so uh, he'll, he'll probably be quite happy to go home. Yeah, yeah, very interesting one. Some stats from Sunday's game: uh, top tacklers Dean Hadley twenty nine, Matty Parcell twenty eight, Ben Crooks twenty three. Uh, meter makers: uh, Captain Sean K. Dowell one hundred and seventy two meters from nine carries. Matty Parcell, 134 metres from 16 carries. Mikey Lewis, 123 metres from 17 carries. Uh, so some impressive stuff, uh, stuff from them. Um, just to summarise the game, I suppose, Carl, it won the flashiest of performances. And I was thinking about it. It didn't feel like a 43-score performance almost. Uh, but maybe that's credit to Rose and how much control that they actually uh, asserted on the game uh, but you know back to winning ways um, Salford you know who cares what how they played it was all about what Rovers did on the day but ultimately just good to be get get back on the uh, on the winning sheet wasn't it yeah I think it was uh, I think it was the performance you needed after a, a week off really everybody recharging the batteries basic rugby league in damp drizzly conditions and I says I did say on social media earlier on last week that the team would, would look to, you know, not drop the ball as much and complete the sets and get to the right end of the field would win. And most of the time that is due to basic rugby league. And fortunately for Rovers, that's what happened there. They had the better of the, the field position. They played the better basic stuff and they scored the tries at the right time. Uh, one thing I would say is going back to the early stages of the game, I think Ethan Ryan deserves a massive, massive Rap thought he did getting right across from the right hand side to stop that tackle because stop that try, sorry, because I think he put the doubt in them to it. I think it was CO and somebody else that was messing around with it, trying to inside, outside and try and get out of the line. But I think he him coming across as much as he did, he put doubt in the to attacker's mind. So it could have gone either way, but ultimately Rovers was the better team. You know, they played the basic stuff and they played the conditions. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people have forgot about that Ethan Ryan uh, cover uh, because it was still early on in the game. Um, right, we'll move on from the Salford game. Uh, actually, before we move on, who's your man of match, Craig, for against Salford? Uh, Kenny Dowell. Kenny Dowell, SKD keeps turning up. James Perlin, what about you? Uh, I'll go for Coot. Coot, yeah. Uh, looks like a Rolls Royce, didn't he, on, on Sunday? Mm. And Newcastle. I think I think the easy option would be to select Coat because you know he's one of the top fullbacks in the division. You know he's going to kick your goals, he's going to score your points, he's going to create tries. But for me, George King, I think I think he just kept turning up, kept ramping us up the field to get us into them positions for for, for Coat and the rest of the backs to get 
to get those tries. So for me, I think it was George King. Props don't get man of the match, Cal. Don't be silly. <laughs> yeah, well, right. the team, team performers, aren't they? Yeah. Right, we've got Kev from um, redv.net joining us very shortly. Before we go to Kev, we've just got an injury update from the club. And actually, it's a good one because they've got a clean bill of health. Uh, Mikey Lewis and Matty Parcell came through Salford unscathed. Um, Jordan Abdul, Brad Takarangi and Kane Lynette are all undergoing their rehabilitation. And Lynette could actually feature at some point at the end of the season. So when we're in the uh, Super League semi-finals and obviously the grand final, it'd be great for Kane Lynette to come and score a winning try in either of them fixtures. Um, Sam Wood, we've already mentioned, he's back in the reckoning for the game on Sunday. He's recovered from his patella injury. Um, so Tony Smith's got a dilemma as to whether he throws him straight in against Saints or whether he uh, buys his time and, and maybe puts him in for the next game. Um, one player who didn't feature on the official club injury update but was mentioned in Tony Smith's press conference was Tom Garrett. Um, he's still undergoing tests. He's unfortunately displaying symptoms of concussion, although it might not be related to a concussion, hence why he's having to go undergo tests. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Tom Garrett because obviously we'd like to see him feature at some stage. Uh, but Craig, it's good news, isn't it, that um, after the Salford game, we haven't got any fresh injuries going into the Saints game. Yeah, especially the way it's been going. Uh, I think like you said earlier on, you know, competition for places. Uh, people are fighting for contracts. Uh, people have a bad game. Looks like you could be dropped. And they can bring someone else in. That's that's the best thing about having a squad. Yeah, definitely. And James, um, Michael Lewis doesn't seem to have any ill effects from that game, does he? So fit rare into well, Michael Lewis. I suppose Sunday the stage is set for him, isn't it? I'd say it is. Yeah, I thought I thought he had a you know, good steady game on Sunday. You know, came through it okay. Didn't do anything. Sp- Flashy, you know, but just really steady, just easing his way back into it. And I think, yeah, we'll see him, hopefully we'll see him uh, come to his four on Sunday. Yeah, and Kev was on the line. He was just about to join us. Here he is again. Hi, Kev. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I was worried, mate. I saw you come up and then you dipped out and I thought, oh, <laughs> what's happening here? So, thanks for coming on board. Obviously, we had your, your friend... Um, from redv.net who joined us early on this season to preview our our home fixture against St Helens uh, but Sunday it's um, it's a rare three o'clock kickoff for yourselves isn't it St Helens you don't get many of them I saw the council are even opening the car parks later as well so obviously it's a big occasion when Rovers rock up in town all the mod cons for you boys all the mod cons <laughs> car parks open warm welcome reserves on beforehand yeah it's uh i'm looking forward to it because as you say we don't get many three o'clocks on a sunday we usually uh friday well thursday or friday night so yeah thoroughly looking forward to it yeah and before we talk about the the game in general um it's going to be a huge occasion isn't it because james roby set to make his uh, 455th career appearance, which is a, a new Super League record. He'll overtake Kevin Sinfield. Uh, before we go on to the game, uh, Kev, just talk to us about James Roby because um, he's probably one of the few players that any club would have in their side. Any supporter would go, yeah, James Roby, nailed on. You know, they'd put him in place of anybody else in their side. Yeah, I think so. And it's we get Wiganers uh, on this side of the Pennines even saying how much they... They love how James Roby plays the game. He's he's not one of these who kind of looks for the limelight. He's not one of these who needs to play the game in a certain way. Um, he's a consummate professional. Christian Wolf calls him the best captain he's ever had. Um, listen, you could wax lyrical all day about about the lad. He just gets on with it. And I think one of the testaments to him is you don't notice him play because you're just expecting him to play that well. When you see him make like one or two errors, whether it be a wayward pass or a knock-on, you wonder what's wrong with him because he just doesn't do that. Uh, and as you say, I think most teams would definitely have him in and around the match day squad. Uh, if not starting, they might want it to go a different way, but he's been a great servant and it remains to be seen whether he goes around again one more time. Mm. What he would say is that you know, he's um he's got great players around him, hasn't he? Which has obviously helped his career, but there's no doubt he's uh 
He's um he's an exceptional player. So whoever he does go for for one more round, who knows? It's um, he'll know his body better than anybody. But Finley Clark does make an interesting point. He says um you wouldn't have him have of a Matty Parcel. Um, so <laughs> I suppose when you get him on a Rovers podcast, you're going to expect that, aren't you? Oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah, but Saints beat Toulouse twenty eight points of fourteen last time out. Obviously, uh, Toulouse beat you um, previously twenty eight points to well, no, what was it? Beat you previously. Um, was that game ever in doubt, or was it a fully professional performance and just uh, a case of getting the job done and getting out? Uh, I think that's exactly what it was. Where we had some transit problems getting in, where it was a really long day um, getting over the the day before. So I think it was just a case of listen, let's right some wrongs from last time we were over there and we got turned over. Um, let's get in there, do the job. And I think first half we managed the game quite well, where we didn't allow them to score a try. They just had a penalty goal, and then when things started opening up and they started trying to do the Harlem Globetrotter style of rugby and um, and pass it about a little bit. Unfortunately for them, the heavens opened and while a couple of passes stuck, they're not always going to do in that weather. Yeah, and uh, if we look back to our our previous game against you on the uh, the 4th of March, uh, you pretty much handed our asses to us. 42 points to eight is a bit of a, uh, a damp squib all round and Rovers travel to Saints having not won over that side of the Pennines uh, since 2013. We've actually not beat Saints since uh, 2015, so it's all in Saints' favour. You look at some of the stats in Super League, uh, St. Owens have the best average gain of 7.6 metres. we made the most clean breaks, 78. Most tackle bus, 469. Uh, most errors, um, 163. But I suppose you afforded that luxury when you... Um, you're getting so many things right uh, and when you're trying things. One stat that um, surprises me, um, and it wasn't too long ago that Rovers were just behind you in the table, is that the amount of missed goals that you've you've had, 26, um, is that the lap and coat effect? Um, potentially, yeah, because he was our settled kicker. Um, at the start of the year, we thought Lewis Dodd was going to be the, the kicker. Um, he had a couple of bad games with the boot and it changed over to Tommy Makinson. Mark Percival's kicked at goal as well this year. So it has kind of kind of gone that we had a specialist in Lachlan um, who, who pretty much took them all and he, he took over the mantle from Danny Richardson who's no, no slouch of the boot as well. Um, but yeah, listen, I suppose it's when you score as many tries as, as we do kind of out on the wings as well, them goal kicks do become a little, little bit more difficult. That's not to say Tommy hasn't shanked a couple that were that you, you look at yourself even after a couple of pints and think, I could have knocked that one over, Tom, what are you doing? Yeah, I suppose Rovers' uh, kicking percentage increased by the fact we didn't score so many tries in a number of games. So, <laughs> you can't miss them if you don't score them, can you? So, uh, <laughs> Very true. Yeah, James, I'm going to bring you in. Uh, Toulouse lined up like this against... Uh, um, sorry, St Helens lined up like this against Toulouse last time out. Hopuati, Makinson, Harrell... Uh, Matuate, Grace, Wellsby, Lomax, Wormsley, Roby, Lees, Sirenan, Bachelor, Knowles with a starting 13. Which players there put, uh, do, do you sort of look at most uh, and sort of fear the most? Um, probably starting number one and going to number 13, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Regan Grace, of course, making his return from injury against Toulouse. Um, but I think Tony Smith made a great point and it's, you know, it's not about necessarily about St. Helens. If you go into the game worrying about St. Helens, then you know chances are St. Helens will beat you, isn't it? And and we've seen James, haven't we, that when Rovers concentrate on their game and play their style of rugby league, they can match anyone. Um, and it is about time we, uh, we we put a victory over Saints, isn't it? I mean, twenty fifteen. It's a long time, isn't it? It, it is, and you know records like that are there to be broken. It's, it's got to end sometime, and. You know, as I said, if Rovers can play their sort of top game of, and throw the ball around and actually, you know, I don't think there's any danger. You know, I think, I think they can compete with Saints in terms of, you know, the, the attacking skills. Um, so you, you give it, you've got to give it a go. You know, we've got to take it, I think, take, take it to Saints and see what happens. As we said earlier in, early in the podcast, if we get onto a fast start and put, put Saints under some pressure, you know, who knows what could happen. Yeah, and Kev, um, that was the lineup for Toulouse. Um, any fresh injury concerns? Any players returning? I know Matautier is suspended, isn't he? Uh, has he got a two-game ban? 
he has got a two-game yeah. ban. And to be honest, from from what's been said about Mark Percival, I don't expect him to be back uh, for the game. They've said he's touch and go ahead of the weekend. So I, I pretty much see... I think Ben Davis will fit in there. Now, he's played um, six or seven for us over the past couple of weeks. He, he missed out against Toulouse, but he's a centre-by-trade now. Started his career at the standoff, but he's a centre-by-trade, and I can see him just getting the nod over Josh Sim uh, and starting at left centre if Percy doesn't make it. Yeah, and you must be delighted that Regan Grace is now back in the fold. Oh, absolutely. He's, he is obviously the quickest player in our squad. Uh, he's just got that X factor. I think he's one of them players that, that people like watching. Maybe not against you if he gets broken field and, and he can just go. There's there's a couple of players who are obviously as quick, maybe a little bit quicker than him. Um, but he, he looked to build into that game. And some Saints fans were, were wondering if he'd ever play for us again. Um, with all the rumours of him, him crossing codes, they didn't know whether he'd pull a Saints shirt on again. But um, from from the game at weekend, it looks like he, he's over his injury problems and he's... Uh, He's starting to to get that match sharpness back. Yeah, is, is he out of contract at the end of the season? He is. Yes, he yeah. is. Any any talk of where he might be heading, or is, is he looking like he might be re-signing for the Saints? Um, well, there's talk of both. Christian Wolf has said uh, in the local press over here that things are getting closer. We've offered him a deal. Um, so whether he does sign on, uh, there have been rumours of him going to sale. Uh, Leicester Tigers, I don't know if London Irish was another one, but a lot of it looks, rather than NRL, it looks like Rugby Union would be his likely destination mm. if he left Saints. Yeah, let's hope maybe Paul Aiken Craig's taking a contract over with him on, on some young team bus, put that in front of him, uh, get him over to Craven Park next season because he'd be a fantastic <laughs> signing. Yeah, uh, I was just looking, Kev, at your, your last, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, you have sort of uh, six games uh, to lose, 28 points to 14. You beat uh, Warrington to 12 points to 10, Hull FC 24-10, Salford 14 points to 10. Obviously, you had that loss to Cass, much changed lineup. Uh, you lost to Hudders- uh, you beat Huddersfield 24 points to 12. Um, last six games, biggest winning margin, only 14 points. Um, so what surprises me is that you're not blowing away teams, you're not racking up 40, 50 points on teams. Is Is that... Does that only tell part of the story? Because, you know, sometimes you can win a game, you know, 24 points to 10 and be in total, total control, can't you? But um, I'm just surprised we're not seeing some big score lines. And I think the biggest score line is the one actually you put past us uh, in the Super League, which was um, 42 points to eight. Yeah, I think obviously the last couple of games, um, we actually spoke about this on, on uh, Red V TV that we do. Um since Lewis Dodd got injured, we've run with Wellsby, Lomax and Roby against Huddersfield. Then Benison and Danny Hill, Davis and Moss against Cass. Will Hopoati, Lomax and Wellsby against Salford. And Hopoati and Lomax got injured in that game. Then it's been Wellsby, Lomax and Davis for Wigan, Hull and Warrington. And then to lose, we've gone back to Hopoati, Lomax and Wellsby. So there's been a lot of chopping and changing in the spine. Um, so... It's just meant that we haven't quite clicked, uh, especially since since Good Friday. We've just not quite had that attacking sharpness. And a lot of our play has had to come through Jack Wellsby because Johnny Lomax is playing with a bicep injury. Um, I think if we could rest him, we would. But at the minute, with, with no Lewis Dodd for the rest of the year, he needs to be there to kind of orchestrate things rather than make them big plays. Um, so I'd say it's down to that, the fact that our 1, 6 and 7 haven't settled yet and it'll probably still be a couple of games before that happens. Yeah, so if you take off your St Helens hat and you put a Rovers one on and you was going to plot a route to victory for the Robins, what, where would you see our best chances of, of getting a, uh, a victory? Carry on playing like you're playing. The exciting brand of rugby that you, you seem to have. Don't try and front up in the forwards and take it down the middle. Try and get on the edges. If I've got a Rovers hat on, I'm saying I'm going to target the centres. I'm going to target Harrell. I'm going to target Davis if it is Davis. And that's where I'm going to try and get me wins. Just because, uh, listen, massive Saints fan have been for, for years and years. I'm not necessarily convinced Conrad Harrell is a Saints player. 
I just don't think he's our style. I don't think he's he ever quite looks as sharp as the rest of our team. So I, I think that's where I'd, I'd be looking to tie the likes of Conrad Harrell out um, and, and try and find some gaps in the centres. Yeah, is that the way you'd go, Carl? <laughs> well, no, now Kev's just said that. Well, knowing their Rovers will go straight down the middle, won't they? <laughs> it's guaranteed because the Rovers way is the hard way, Kev, if you don't already know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think... I think I think Kev makes a good point in terms of trying to get Conrad Hurrell. I think he I think he's I think he's slow in D. Yeah, he's a, he's a big presence, but I think if you can get on the edge of him and get round him, you know, it's a player out of the game. Oh, let's be honest, he's, he's an, I won't say he's great in D with his defensive reads and he's very slow to react to any quick ball coming out wide. So I think I think he's one you've got to target. And like Kev said, let's try and stay away from the middle. Yeah, and it's something that's been mentioned about. You know, we talk about it nearly every podcast. Kev is about Rovers start. You know, it's almost like if Rovers start the game well, you can almost predict the victory. If we start badly, you know, and we get two scores down, that's pretty much game over for the Robins. And how are Saints been starting games? Are they are they fast starters, slow starters? Controlled starters, I'd say. Um, so while obviously we can score early tries, it's not always been that easy for us. So we tend to control the game and we tend to kind of have the fitness and the edge coming towards the end of a game rather than blowing teams off the park early doors. Yeah, yeah. And you look at the Rovers squad, Kev, which are the players who were, who were likely to strike a bit of fear into you? Um, obviously, Lachlan, um, class act. Absolutely class act. Won't hear a bad word said about the lad. Um despite us wanting to, him to sign another year with Ooh. us. Um, I like Frankie Halton. Um, mm. I think he's a, a great player, great pick-up by yourselves. And I know, is, is will Matt Parcell, is Jez Litton fit? Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, um, Matt, Matt Par- normally Matty Parcell's a starting hooker and then Jez Litton yeah. comes on and he'll play the loose forward or he'll replace pass. You know, the dynamic between them, so you can never quite call which... How well, yeah. is going to play it? Well, I, I like I've liked Jez Litton since his FC days. Um, mm. I've always thought he's been lively. Always thought he's he's just looked like he's got something about him. Um, just can spot a gap. Really, kind of as I say, just a lively player. Someone who, who you've got to keep your eye on because if you don't, he can he can exploit something. Mm. Um, and then with the experienced head of Parcel with him, it's it's very similar to our dynamic that with James Roby and, and Joey Lussick, where when Lussick comes on, Roby tends to slot into 13 uh, if he doesn't go off. Um, so, yeah, they're probably the ones. And obviously, listen, Lachlan, much loved over this side of the Pennines for what he's done for us. Uh, I just hope he has a slightly off game with the boot um, and, and with his hands and with his eyes and everything, to be honest, on Sunday. Well, to be fair, against Salford, he nailed seven from seven. So hopefully... <laughs> that worries me. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's a sign of things to come because Rovers' form in front of the post has been a little bit indifferent this season. And, and it is such a crucial part of the game. And there's no doubt that when you play a team like St. Ellen's, you know, you've got to take your two points when you can. You know, you yeah. can't be giving up them points. So hopefully we are starting to see uh, definitely Lachlan Coates' uh, kicking ability come to the fore. But... James, what what would you make of uh, Lachlan Coote so far this season for the Robins? Um, I, I'd say he's, he's, he's got he's coming. He's, he's now becoming the player we thought we'd got. I think he had a bit of a slow start. Obviously, had the injury, a couple of injuries early early in the season. Uh, but in the last sort of few games, he's just been showing what, what a class he is. You know, I think you know, really on Sunday, I think it was probably his best game all season. Um, so yeah, he's he's certainly up there. One of our best signings in the most recent <coughs> years. Yeah, definitely. And he'll be uh, afforded a warm welcome like he came on, on Sunday. He certainly will. And just to, to kind of echo what James said there, he, tend to, he tended to start the season slow for Saints as well. A uh, couple of the, like, at least two or three years, he, he started quite slowly for us. Um, but yeah, listen, you'll probably hear the Lachlan Coote song on uh, on Sunday from us. Um, he will get a, a warm round of applause. I think when he played against uh, in the game against us earlier in the season, he wasn't quite fit enough and he probably shouldn't have played. Uh, I think that's a bad call on behalf of Tony Smith, but he'll get a warm welcome. Listen, he was great for us. He, he went out of our club as a champion. Um, 
And you know what? After having Ben Barber at fullback, um, who was an enigma, having someone as settled and as almost metronomic as Coot to do all the, the hard work but still back up when you're going forward, uh, it was a joy to watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, um, it'll be Rovers singing the Coot song on, on Sunday <laughs> because he's put it to the sword. But we'll see. Craig, what are your thoughts heading into the game on Sunday? Um, it's good. Oh, I am worried, obviously, Saints <laughs> uh, for a reason. Uh, but just going on to something that Kev said about Saints that the game's controlled, I think Rovers have to match that because um, as the game goes on, you see Saints turning up the notch and then you, you see the opposition just deflated and we can't allow that to happen. If it does, I think it's going to be a long day. However, if we start fast, and we're a bit inventive. I think we've got to do something out of the ordinary against Saints, catch them off guard, um, do little chips over the top, you know. Aim for Conrad Farrell. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a difficult one. Yeah. I think we need to stay in the arm wrestle, don't we? And, and mm. probably not physically. You know, like we said, if we try and match them and we try and, and, and keep it level going down the middle, it's not going to happen. We need to stay in the arm wrestle by putting points on the board, make St. Ellen's play. The more you make St. Ellen's play, the more gaps you're going to get. And 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 then, you know, when you go into that last 10 minutes, if you're only two, four points behind or you're two, four points, it's, it's there to be had, isn't it? Um, and I think that's Rover's best chance. Um, Paul Sculthorpe, I read his article in the uh, St. Ellen's Star. He's got no worries about St. Ellen's beating Rovers. He's gone for at least by 20 points. Uh, Michael Morton on YouTube, he's put uh, Rugby League Express, Gary Schofield. He's got... <laughs> he's got Rover Solos by 36 points. Um, so, um, although I don't think Gary Schofield's been well, has he, lately? So maybe that's got something to do with his last predictions. Uh, but it is no doubt uh, a very hard task. But like we say, we're Rovers at the moment. We never know, do we? Kev, um, I know you're going to go for a same victory, but if you could predict how the game might pan out, what's your thoughts? Um well, I, there's an on-running joke that on Red V, I always predict Saints by 14. So <laughs> I, that's what I would predict it as as well. Um, listen, as you say, you stay in it. One of the best teams that I've seen down at uh, the Totally Wicked this season has been Wakefield because mm -hmm. they did exactly what Craig's just said. They mixed it up. They made us honest. They, they kind of kept us thinking. Our The issue, I suppose, whole KR have is... Once we have our second wave of Iggy Parsi and Louis McCarthy Scarsbrook coming off the bench, there's no drop in intensity there. In fact, Iggy's probably been our best prop this season. Um, so as long as you can stay in the game up to half time, as you say, it's still game on. Saints won't run away with this though for me. No, no. What about you, no. Carl? What do you reckon? Yeah, I think. Uh... I think our previous records against Saints, uh, I think it says and it shows it will be uh, probably the hardest game of the season. Uh, so even if Saints are only playing at fifty percent, they've got they've got a knack of going going in the grind and getting out of the grind with a win, haven't they? So it'll be difficult. Uh, but if Rovers can be competitive, you know that that more than bit more than happy with that performance. If, if they can keep it within a couple of scores until the back end of the game, who knows? It's Anything can happen in rugby league, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, I think Lachlan Coote, he is uh, in his one more appearance to reach 250 for his career. Obviously, uh, 10 for Rovers, that would make it 11 if he plays on Sunday. 66 for St. Helens. Uh, Ethan Ryan, he needs two tries to reach 100 for his career, so it would be great if he got them two tries on Sunday. Uh, but I'm sure it's, uh, you know... From the, the outsiders, will obviously pinpoint a St. Ellen's victory. You know, the thing is, we're overs. We, we, literally, every time we make predictions, Kev, about how the game's going to go, no matter who we play it, we all basically shrug our shoulders and go, well, Rovers <laughs> should win, could win, maybe <laughs> might win. Um, and then recent results have shown us then, obviously, Rovers are quite able to, to lose, but... It's sure to be a, a really intriguing game on Sunday. So, like I said, Kev, thanks for your time, mate. It's been a, a real pleasure speaking to you. And 
Um, guys, follow redv.net on Twitter. You're on Instagram and Facebook as well, Kev? Yeah, we are. Yeah, same same names, same usernames. We're, we're really, really uh, inventive when it comes to that. And one thing I will say before uh, yeah. we do go is keep the faith. Up until last season, I think it was, Castleford hadn't beaten us in St. Tellings uh, since something like 1980 or 1981. So, listen... Anything can happen on a rugby field. Yeah. Fingers crossed, praying. Fingers crossed, pray everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheers, Kev. Take care, mate. No problem. Speak to you cheers, soon. Kev. Take care. Bye. See you later, boys. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what's <laughs> happening on Sunday. Only one player who is definitely likely to feature, and he's only missed one game so far this season. He's made 50 appearances for the Robins. Is Sean Kenny Dowell. The club announced, James, that he signed a new one-year contract extension. How pleased are you to see him finally put pen to paper? Very, very. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a fine wine, isn't it? Getting better with age. <laughs> have you got any worries that our our left edge le- next year will have a combined age of one hundred and three? It's experience. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, very experienced, isn't it? Uh, obviously, played all the the uh, the last one of the uh, quartet. Quartet, that's three, isn't it? Quartet. Quartet no? four. Four, yeah. Triplet, last one of the three. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the drugs talking again. That's the painkillers. Yeah. Sean Kenny Dowell, I think Ryan will be 35 next season. Um, Kenny Dowell will be, how old is he now? I think he'll be 34. Lynette, he'll be 34. So, yeah, 103. Um, Looks like they're all going for one more time around uh, around the corner, doesn't it, uh, Carl? It does, but it does, but none of them have got goldstones, Christopher. No, no. To be fair, mate, I mean, fit, fit blokes like them, uh, they'll be nowhere near near that, will they? Uh, but there's no doubt with the Sean Kenny Dowell. We saw it against Salford, Craig. He is, um, you know, he just, he, he's, he's. I, I think he's effortless at times. You look at the way he picks up the ball, the way he carries it, the way he carries men with him, his ability to then throw out a pass. Um, you know, he, he just keeps going and going, and, and you know, Tony Smith can't talk highly enough of him. No, he's outstanding. You know, I think there's been an interview with him before, but that he just looks after himself. He looks after himself off the field when he's not got a game. He eats the right things. He just still look professional. Uh, professional, and I, I was really happy to see him sign on. And you know, we was on gone about his age. They, they must know themselves if, if the bodies are right or not. I, I don't feel like they'd sign deals if, if they couldn't go again. Like the, the winners out there, you know, he's, he's been in, well, Cups. You know, he's, he's played yeah. at the highest level grand, NRL Grand Finals. Um, yeah, and it, just going on to that effortless, it, it is sometimes, it, it, it's like guarding with a ball. I'm thinking, you know, he's going to get absolutely smashed here yeah, and he'll just come out with this step. You just don't see it come in. Um, but no, first class. Yeah, and it shows, doesn't it, James, that time's a great healer because I think a lot of people have probably forgot about his first season at the club. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I was just sitting, <laughs> sitting there thinking about that and how many people wanted him to be gone at the end of the season. And uh, I think when you look back to that first season, I think he's probably trying too hard. I think he, mm. trying, he was trying to make you know a positive impression and show that he still he'd still got it and probably trying too hard and seeing that probably wasn't, as good as it, as it obviously as it, is, as it is now, but I think you know he's certainly delivering on it now. And I think as as Craig said, if he's you know if he feels he can do it, he's going to do it, isn't he? And he looks after himself. You know, profession is out, but he 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 won't want to sign on again and be a failure. He'll want to be be a success, and that's what'll be driving him on. And just just like you see him on the field, it just he just wants to. He's got this amazing will to win. Yeah, and I think what the really important aspect of this is, is that obviously when Willie Peters comes in as a new head coach, um, he's not looking to probably appoint a new captain. He's got someone who's already got a settled group. Um, so I think that's certainly going to help Willie Peters when he comes into the club because um, imagine if we had got rid of SKD, you know, you'd have, you'd have had to then select the next leader to step up, which isn't easy for a new coach. So I think it's definitely going to help the transition from Willie Peters uh, coming from Newcastle and then coming in as our next head coach, so it's sure to be um, sure to be interesting, isn't it? And um, can you imagine all three of them play next season, Carl? Do you think 
they are nailed on to be the three, or do you think you know we might start seeing them used a bit more um, sparingly, and we might see other players coming in, or do you think it's nailed on for them three to be the uh, winger, second row, and centre next season? Yeah, I mean, you, you made you made a statement earlier on regarding their age and all that type of thing, but I think for me, I think for me. You, We've got to be careful here because, yeah, they're a, a settled three and you, most people would say, let's go with them again. But Willie Peters is probably one who's going to put his own stamp on the team. So, you know, a lot of it's going to be down to what, what he thinks, what he sees in training. You know, he'll take all the age and the experience and the injuries into consideration. But I also think he, he'll want to put his own stamp on the team with, with some of the young players he has as well. So, if it was me, I'd, I'd probably... You know, go with them again, but who's to say he won't want to put his stamp on the team? And that's not—that's just not for those three. That's for you know the entire Rovers squad. As soon as there's another coach comes in, there's a, there's a lot for everybody to prove, isn't there? Yeah, and Stuart Wilson makes a great point. There's got to be a succession plan in place for that edge, hasn't there? Because you know you can't be in a position where all three of them um, go, and there's no, you know was left scratching around for players. But I'm sure. The hierarchy at Huntington Rose will already be thinking about that. We're going to end the podcast with the um, crudest way of conducting a half-season uh, half assessment on the players. So I'm going to read out a player's name, and then I want you to give me a score out of 10 for them. So we'll, go, we'll start in the order of you, Craig, go to James, and then go to you, Carl. So we'll go. Lachlan Coote. Seven. Then you, James. For Coote? Yeah. Seven. Eight. Eight. Uh, ben Crooks? Craig, Four. one step you. Five. Five. James? Five. Yeah. Carl? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably go five. Yeah, Craig, big, bad, Takarangi. Zero. <laughs> can, can you do minus? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> minus 10. Yeah, we'll leave that one. Um, Sean K. Dowell. Uh, it's got to be 10. Yeah. Nine. Nine. It's like it's like a game of strictly come dancing, this, isn't it? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'll, I'll go. I'll go nine. Ryan Hall. Nine. Yeah, nine. Eight. Difficult one next because he's obviously ruled out for the rest of the season. But Jordan Abdul. Uh, five. Five. I'd go five as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. For, I'm going to go for a four because I think the games he has played, he hasn't shown up. Yeah, Albert Vete, five. Yeah, five. <laughs> so do, with with, with Vete, do we get a mark for being on the pitch and a mark for being off it? Because if it's <laughs> off it, it's ten, and if it's on it, it's about a five. <laughs> Matty Parcel. Oh, nine. Yeah, nine. Eight for me. Come on, calorie up. Bloody hell. George King. Eight. Nine. Eight. Ooh. Hadley. Nine. Five. Five. Lynette. Six. Seven. Starting. Seven. Seven. Six. Listen. Eight. Yeah, eight as well. Eight. Yeah, difficult one next, Louis Johnson. We'll bypass him because he's only just returned from injury, so it's difficult. Uh, Corbin Sims <laughs> Two uh, Three for the mullet Yeah 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say eight because I know Keith will be watching. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and, and according and according to Keith, he's Rovers' best prop. Yeah, he did make that bold statement, didn't he? So that was yeah, very interesting. Uh, Elliot Minchella next. Seven. Um, six. Six. Jimmy Kynast. Seven. Seven. Um, Will Dagger. Eight. Um, what were there? What did you just say? I was gonna, he put me off then, Carl. Eight for Will Dagger. No, because I must be on delirium because uh, Chris has been skipping my answers the last few. <laughs> so I said, I, I said eight, eight, for, eight for Jimmy Kynos utility factor. Right, fucking hell. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gagger, I, I go five. Um, I'd go six. Yeah. Four for me. Mikey Lewis? Seven. Yeah, seven. Eight, local lad. Yeah, don't worry, there's only a few left now. So if you haven't turned off already, I promise you there's only a few left. Rowan Mills? Uh, seven. Six. Seven for me. Wilma? Five. Yeah, five. Yeah, but I think it's Ethan five for me, that one. Ethan Ryan? Uh... Seven. Yeah, I got seven. Yeah, Sam Woods. Seven. Uh, six for Sam Wood. Uh, Frankie Halton. Frankie Halton. Yeah. Nine. Nine. Yeah, and then yeah, after that, I agree. Nine. After that, uh, Greg Richards. Four. Three. I'm going to go five. Give the guy a break. He's hardly played. Yeah. Yeah. Be interested to see what happens with Greg Richards. Obviously, he's out of contract um, and he has got something sorted for next season. It's been reported, whether it's at Rovers, whether it's with us or not. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. But obviously, that was the uh, the crudest way of doing uh, a player review. Uh, I'm sure when Tony Swift conducts his player reviews, he goes into far more detail. Um, but it's obviously isn't it? all the standout players are um, hopefully they'll be the standout players come the end of the season well it's certainly been another jam-packed episode of the Red Robin Podcast Weekly a huge thank you to everyone who's tuned in live this evening and to everyone who's playing it back on podcast uh, on Sunday Rovers are aiming to do something that they haven't done since 2013 which is win away at the home of St Helens but as you know you wouldn't put anything past <clears> this Rovers side under Tony Smith Thank you to Carl, Craig and James and remember to live, love, laugh and be happy.